Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hi, I'm Jerry Boyer. Welcome to Meeting of Minds podcast. Um, And we're talking today with Shannon Royce from the Christian Employers Alliance. As you know, on this podcast, we really like to talk about what's going on in markets. We like to talk to entrepreneurs, people with skin in the game. Skin in the game is very important. A lot of what's gone wrong in our culture and in our nation and in our politics is people making decisions who don't have to live with the consequences of those decisions. Well, people who are entrepreneurs or C-level executives, um, even if it's publicly traded or nonprofits, etc., people who have to look into the eyes of the people who work for them, and if they make a bad decision, see the pain that they've caused, to me, that is a crucial constituency that I want to talk to and I want to hear from. And that's exactly the kind of people who are part of Christian Employers Alliance, and that's why you've asked Shannon Royce to be with us on the show. Shannon, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Jerry. Thank you for having me. So tell me about your people, your peeps. Tell me about who would be in your group. I know there's variation, sure. right? There's certain number of employers, uh, employees, et cetera. And there's going to be variation in size. But what are some of the sort of common features of the kind of people sure, that, that you're serving? Sure, absolutely. So we, are, uh, we serve uh, Christian business owners, both for-profit and non-profit. So 20% of our members are nonprofit organizations and 80% of our members are for-profit businesses. Um, The actual member is the company or the organization. And then we work with the CEOs of those companies or organizations to serve them and uh, hear them and represent them and um, do what we can to keep them informed. So you are, what did you say, a watchman? A shield, a shield, a voice, voice. and a community. community. Yes. Let's... So we're a watchman when it comes to um, what's happening in law and policy. So we keep our eye on what's coming out of Congress and the administration, uh, what's happening in the courts that would affect Christian business owners. Hmm. We're a shield for them in that we can take on some of those really difficult uh, tip of the spear kind of issues like um, abortion funding or um, a Christian business owner not wanting to pay for abortions or abortion-inducing drugs. We won a lawsuit on that. We have a lawsuit right now on um, Christian business owners not wanting to support transgender transition in their health care. And so uh, we have an active lawsuit on that, have a preliminary injunction. The point of the SHIELD is that when we go out as Christian Employers Alliance on one of these hard issues, our members don't have to be exposed. Hmm. So it's not the name of the company taking on this administration concern. It's CEA on behalf of our company. So there's a shield of anonymity. Exactly. It is the shield of anonymity. And in this moment of cancel culture, Jerry, you know as well as I do, there is so much pressure to comply 
with uh, sure. what the big guys are saying, right? Or you get and debanked, so, or you get doxxed even. Yeah, I mean, there's, exactly. your, there's your home address on the internet, along exactly. with some hateful rhetoric, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, so having that shield and being protected from exposure is really critical. Um, we're the voice. I'm doing this conversation with you today because uh, we are here to represent the concerns of Christian business owners um, in Congress and in the media. Um, and then finally, we, we provide a sense of community and community engagement through monthly calls with our members, through um, events like our fall summit that's happening in September. And uh, so those are really kind of the four major categories of the kinds of things we do to serve our members. One of the things that I'm always curious about is there, there, there can always be a tendency for conservative groups, national conservative groups or national Christian ministries to kind of go top down, right, mm-hmm. and decide this is the topic, this is what we're interested in, and then kind of push that out to the grassroots. But mm-hmm. you're, you're an association, right? So you're, right. you're organized in a kind of bottom up way. So you you listen, you're, you're hearing things. Infra, I think right. most of the information is outside Washington, right? Most of the information right. is out there. So what are you hearing from them? What are their, say, top three, or even you want to go four or five pain points, right. solutions? What are, they, what are they wanting you to know about what they're facing? Right. Uh, you know, there are so many. I just recently did um, outreach to our members, just asking them, what are the pain points you're experiencing right now? Um, inflation is huge for them, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, supply chain shortages are huge for them. Um, the The cost of shipping the supplies they're receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the gentlemen I spoke with recently, his uh, his shipping costs were up 300%. And I was like, wow, that's bad. He said, oh, it was 500% for a while. Mm. It's down to 300%. And I just thought, well, how do you run a business when one of your major line items, something like supplies you need and shipping the supplies you need is so off the charts um, in terms of costs? Um, Inflation also creates such significant pressures for their employees. So their employees need raises because they're feeling such pressure from inflation. So these are some of the concerns that we're hearing uh, from our members and some of the concerns we will be addressing um, at our fall summit. And on the value side of things, um, obviously with the Dobbs decision that just came down, the life issue is now returning uh, to every state around the country. And our members care about uh, protecting unborn babies and their mothers. And so they're involved on that issue. And then the transgender issue, um, the EEOC says that uh, businesses that come under EEOC, so if you have more than 15 employees, you have to cover transgender uh, transition in your healthcare plan. And if you don't, it's discrimination. Wow. Well, for Christian business owners, that violates their conscience. Yes. And so we filed a lawsuit to protect our, our businesses from that because those are the kinds of concerns that um, as a Christian um, business owner, you don't want to be paying for things that violate your conscience. Hmm. You know, what I keep thinking about all of this pressure for this um, hmm. sexual revolution and, and gender ideology yes. uh, stuff is... If it's so great, why do we need all the mandates? 
Right. Uh, I mean, if this is just so wonderful, right. then people would be willing to pay for their own transgender surgery, right? Um, right? Or people would be lining up to do it. They need the hard push because they're pushing against reality. Right. Right. And that's why they need to force it. Exactly. Because it's against the created order. Right. And, and even non-Christians, they still have enough of that embedded created order to know that, you know, telling a teenager who thinks maybe I'm a boy or maybe I'm right. a girl to just like grab them and say, oh, OK, well, let's get you off right. to the clinic. You right. know, no, no time for second thoughts. That's illegal to try to talk you out of it. Right. That, that, that there's something in the in the heart of a decently formed human being that rebels against that notion. Right. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that that is happening around the country. Um, people are having second thoughts about this. Many who have transitioned are now transitioning back. Uh, and so these are very challenging issues um, that that Christian business owners are addressing. Yeah, yeah I want to kind of go back a little bit to the kitchen table, or actually they're not kitchen table, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for the for for your members, their sure. boardroom table, right? Exactly. Um, the, this economic and financial issues is we're not we're sort of not used to talking about that because I think that most Christians and most Christian leaders understand that say transgender ideology or abortion right. or moral issues. Pornography is a moral issue. That's that's easy peasy, right? That's easy. We know that. That's easy. Sex, sex stuff. You know, the Bible talks about sex stuff. That's that's more, and it is. There is a Christian moral code um, that includes sexual behavior and sexual restraint. But money stuff is in this weird zone, either of God doesn't care about it, um, or um, you know God cares about it, but he, he 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 cares about it in a way that. You know, he cares about results, but there's no moral principle guiding it. So if right. we have inflation, it's just somebody did the math wrong. It's just a right. it's just a mistake. It's just a misguided policy mistake, as opposed to a moral violation right. in the same way that violating the sexual code or created genders is a moral violation. Right, right. There's definitely a moral element uh, to inflation, and it, it affects, unfortunately, the poorest of the poor, right? right. Um, when you and I go to the to the gas pump and are paying five, six, seven dollars, it's it's annoying, it's irritating, uh, it cuts into our comfort. Yes. But guess what? It doesn't mean that I can't feed my family. Yeah, we don't miss a meal over it. I don't have to worry about feeding my family or filling my tank to be able to get to my work. Right. There are families around the country struggling with those questions. And it's wrong. It, it's, I completely agree with you. It's morally wrong. Yes. And, and it's interesting. I mean, this goes back to the prophets. The prophet Amos, really the first of the, you know, the, the canonical prophets, mm-hmm. talks about inflation as a violation. And he talks about the poor are sold for the price of a pair of shoes. Because in an inflationary environment where you don't have unjust, where you have unjust weights and measures, then the poor can't keep up. And in that society, when you were out, when you were out of options, essentially you sold yourself exactly. into slavery so you'd get exactly. fed. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, and it looks differently today, right. but it still affects that same population. It, it affects the poor much more than it affects uh, those who have greater means. And, and, to, and, it's still my, a ma- and it's still a matter of prophetic denunciation. It's still the role right. of the prophet of God, whether we're talking about a prophet, prophet, or the church, or Christian right. leaders, it's still the role of the prophetic witness of the church 
to talk about the evils of inflation. Right, to speak up on that. It didn't and somehow Jerry, become moral, you know, when right. the Old Testament went away. It's still bad. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say it reminds me uh, during COVID, um, there was a pastor who commented uh, when someone says we're all in the same boat. He said, no, we're not all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. Mm. But we're in different boats. Interesting. Like the boats that you and I live in are comfortable boats. Right. And we don't have to choose whether to gas our boat or feed our family. The the little boats that the poor are in, they are having to make those choices. And and that is that's very troubling to me. And so and our employers are being confronted with the pressure. Um, that inflation is creating for their employees. Hmm. And it's creating significant stress for their employees, um, trying to meet the needs of their families um, with continuing inflation. Well, let's continue your analogy. Um, there's, there's the storm and there's the boats. Right. Where's the lighthouse? Right. <laughs> because there's supposed to be a lighthouse. Right. And it's a piercing light and there's a foghorn so that they can right. find their way home. Right. Well, that, God willing, CEA is becoming that lighthouse. That's what we need. We need Absolutely. lighthouses, right? Exactly. Your members yes. need lighthouses. Your members build lighthouses. Right. Your members are foghorns. I don't mean to make it sound like they're long-winded or anything <laughs> like that because they tend to be quiet people. But most CEOs and entrepreneurs, they just want to stick to their, to their business. Right. They want to do their business. Right. It's we, true. And I think it's really important, Jerry, for us to recognize that Christian business owners are good people. Hmm. They are loving their families. They are running their businesses. They are involved in their churches, in their communities. These are good people. They work long hours. They work hard. Hmm. We're asking them to do one more thing, right? We're asking them to engage in a different way. And it's not because they're not doing amazing things already. It's because we're in a moment right now in history where their voice is absolutely so critical and so necessary. And they they need to speak up at this moment in a way that they never have needed to speak up. Well, I'm reminded of the parable of Jotham, the fable of Jotham in Judges chapter 9. You're testing me, aren't you? Well, but (laughs) I'm, I'm giving you a test that I know you can pass. (laughs) Um, which uh, is a a great fable that describes, I think, your members in these times. But um, since since I'm testing you, why don't you tell the story rather than me? So if I recall correctly, this is the story of trying to find the new king. Yes. And they go to the olive tree and the olive tree says, I'm busy making olives that anoint the heads of kings and you know, create oil that anoints the heads of kings and that priests use in the priestly service. I can't stop to be the king. Mm-hmm. And they go to what the vine, right? Mm-hmm. And the vine says, I'm busy um, making wine that makes people's hearts joyful. And I can't take time out to be the king. And I don't remember where there there, there's a fig tree in there. Oh, there's, I think the there's a fig tree. I don't right? remember what. So, what did the fig tree I, say? I think it's just sweetness. But you know, I should yeah. I shouldn't be quizzing you if I can't remember. Um, so, the fig tree was another. But then all of them said no. And where did they end up? They ended up with the thorn bush. 
Right. And the thorn bush is just prickly and painful and makes everybody uncomfortable and nobody wants to be around it. And no fruit. There's no fruit. fruit. Yes, right. No, no production of anything, frankly. Um, But he was willing to be the king. Right. And so all the others had to come and bow before the thorn bush. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that I love that you raised that because I think that is kind of a picture of where we are right now. And we need those those fig trees and those olive trees and those vineyards hmm. uh, to, to stand and take their place um, for the greater greater good and the greater culture. Otherwise, that's, that's the, otherwise the thorn bushes, we all have exactly. to get, all the trees have to get as low as a thorn bush and that's right. mighty low. And that's what the thorn bush mentality does. It wants to cut right. down all everybody. the other trees, right? Yep. They cut down everybody else down to its level, a handicapper right. general in that story by, I think it's uh, Vonnegut. Um, so that's your members, right? Yeah. So keep doing your olive oil, keep doing your your, your grapes. I think there's figs, yes. I'm not 100% sure. Um, keep doing that. No one's saying stop. Right. But also don't let the don't let the thorn bushes go unchallenged. Right. I think the thorn bush says, and if you don't bow down to me, I'll set the, the whole forest on fire. Wow. Yes. And the forest is on fire now. Yeah, sadly it is. Hmm. I mean, things. I think things are as critical. You and I, I think, are about the same age, Jerry, and things are as critical as I have seen in my adult life. Hmm. So I've lived and worked in, in the Washington, D.C. area for 38 years, and I have never seen things the way they are right now. Hmm. Interesting. For some reason, I was just, you know, my mind just kind of goes off in different directions, right? The, the, the curse was, cursed is the ground with reference to you. It'll produce thorns and thistles. Mm. So that's, you know, the thorn bush is a kind of reminder oh. of the curse. But right. of course, then there's the seed of the woman will crush the head of yes. the serpent. So yes. it's, and then later Paul says to the Christian community in Rome, not just the ecclesiastical authorities, because a lot of them were entrepreneurs, the right. Lord will shortly crush the head of the serpent under your heels. It's time mm. for some serpent head crushing to go on spiritual <laughs> warfare. I'm not talking about crushing any actual physical heads. Please know that's not of the kind course, of people we are. No, uh, but there's there's some time. For, it's it's time for the for some spiritual warfare. I think some yes. boldness. No, I think so. You know, um, we talked earlier about the fact that we have our fall summit coming in September, yeah. September 22nd and 23rd. Hmm. Um, at Museum of the Bible, we are holding our fall summit of Christian Employers Alliance. And our theme this year is navigating uncharted waters appointed for the journey. And we chose that theme because things are so hard right now and so complicated, right? There are so many issues and so many pressures on Christian employers from your inflation and rising interest rates and the great resignation and supply chain shortages and on and on and on. And then the values issues on top of all of that. Mm. Uh, It is a complicated moment for Christian business leaders to be trying to discern what steps they need to take to protect their businesses and to have them thrive. Mm. But the second part of the theme is just as important, appointed for the journey. The reality is our Christian business owners around this nation are living in 2022 because God 
placed them there. God placed them where they are for this very moment in history. They are in that position leading a company for this moment. This is their moment. This is their moment to rise uh, to the call that's on their lives. And there's no backward setting. There's no no going to 2020. No. That's that's not available. And nobody would want to go to 2020. Well, that's true. Going to 2019. Yeah, but there's not even (laughs) any. We're not going going back to 2019. Or, I mean, pretty good economy in 2019, but there's no going back to that. There's, There's forward or not. It's right. only forward. Yeah. It's only forward. Yeah. But it, but we just have to remember, Jerry, we're not alone in this moment. Right. God is with us in this moment, and we are here because he made us to be here. Mm. This is his calling on our life for this very moment. Well, see, I love that because we can fall into a pervasive pessimism because we've lost some cultural battles, right? But recently we've won some. In almost completely unexpected, I'm a big fan of J.R. Tolkien, you know, the Lord of the Rings, right? And when everything is lost, Frodo himself wants to keep the ring, oh, you know, and then something happens. Right. And Tolkien called that a you catastrophe, right? A catastrophe Mm -hmm. is a bad thing. A you in Greek is good. It's like Mm -hmm. a sudden goodness breaks into the world. And I right. think the reversal of Roe versus Wade. And we don't know what sudden goodnesses are. So you carry right. that ring or you carry whatever. You, you carry that burden and your members are doing that. Um, and you speak out and you're brave. You join the fellowship you know, right. to march to Mordor when you need to. You can't control the outcome. But there is a provi- above the all-seeing eye of Sauron, there's right. an eye who really sees everything. Exactly right. Who's watching Absolutely. for us. Yeah. Right. And, well, and, and we, we can win remember, in this moment. We can win this. We, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, we have to remember that what was the darkest day in all of history, right? It, it, was, it was good Friday. Well, yes. we only see it as good because we know that Sunday came, right? right. The resurrection came. Right. Good Friday was a dark, terrible, terrible dark day. Hmm. And yet out of that darkness, new life came. And, you know, I, for one, Jerry, I truly believe that what we need in our nation is a revival. And we are we are doing the work and we are engaging the culture and we are doing all the things that we are called to do. But I really believe that what we need is a revival of the church and the faithful in this culture and so we are doing work while praying for revival. And I think that's what we need to be doing. So a couple of minutes ago, we talked about the seed of the woman crushing the head, the mm-hmm. skull of the serpent, right? And Paul saying that later. Mm-hmm. So Good Friday takes place where? Takes place the place of the skull. Right. See, that's the, def- that, that moment of, the, of pain is the, and, and faithfulness. Because Jesus, right. you know, in Hebrews, he remains faithful when yes. no one else was faithful. All the exactly. disciples had left. Um, he remained faithful. And that's the moment that the head of the serpent is crushed. Right. Um, holding on. That's in the dark time that holding on when right. all hope seems lost. Right. Why have you forsaken me? I mean, I think a lot of us feel kind of forsaken in this culture, in this right. moment right now. Yeah. But we're it, not it, forsaken. No, we're not. And I think we always have to remember one of my favorite reminders Uh, that I remind myself, right, when I get discouraged, is that God is both good and sovereign. Hmm. If he were only good, then he could kind of be a wimp, 
right? Mm -hmm. He could just be loving and wimpy and he's nice, right? right. And if he were only sovereign, he could be a bully. Yes. You know, just all powerful and he just does whatever he wants. But the word tells us that he is both good and sovereign. He is both. And, and he is always working on behalf of his people in his goodness and in his sovereignty. That's, that's, a, that's a good word. That is a good word. You know, as, as I look out around our world right now, I see it every place. There's a straining or mm. a shaking. I mean, I, if I read another story about some poor waitress who gets punched uh, or a flight attendant right. or someone in a store getting beaten up just because they didn't have the right thing. There's right. there's a fraying of the social yes. fabric. Yes. Right? And Ecclesiasticus isn't the Bible, but it's kind of, it's a good book where it talks about, about the people of commerce who hold fast the fabric of this world. Mm. Um, and that's, that your people are up against that, the great resignation. I'm sure they're seeing more workplace conflict. Right. I'm sure they're seeing more problems. Their families are seeing, I don't know a single family right now that does not have some kind of crisis going on. Right. That would be unexpected for like families who have their act together. Right. Are still getting hit with all sorts of unexpected things. And when right. something like that happens, that's the moment that we need to hold fast the fabric of this world. And right. that is mostly an employer thing. Mm -hmm. That's it's family, yes. But beyond the family, that's mostly an employer thing. That's not well, mostly a politics thing. Yeah. No, I think the thing that's interesting is that the church is obviously foundational. Um, you and I would agree on that. Sure. But you're at church on Sunday. Yes. Most most uh, most of the faithful attend church on Sundays, mm -hmm. so that's one day a week. Right. Christian employers see their employees five days a week. Right. They have them 40, 50, 60 hours a week where, where your pastor, you'll be with him maybe two or three hours a week. Yes, yes. Maybe. Yes. Right, right. And so the influence of Christian business owners on the lives of their employees is just unparalleled, absolutely unparalleled. Yes. And I think the other thing is people tend to bring their best self to church. Like they can go to church and like, right, fine, but you can't hide it for 40 hours a week. Exactly. Right? So right. although I'm seeing like in our church, we're just seeing so much addiction, right? right. But that's because... Uh, you know, our pastor is a recovering addict, so he knows mm -hmm. how to do recovery. So sure. a lot of it's taking place in the basement, you know, with the AA right. meetings or whatever, and it's taking sure. place other places. Yes, the church is absolutely foundational. It teaches us the truth. In that sense, it's a lighthouse. It's not a ship. We're continuing the analogy, right? The lighthouse says, here's the truth. Right. Here's the light. But you have to have a captain. Right. Right. And the captain has to steer. And your people are the captains of ships. Right. Yep. And they're they're in the storm hmm. uh, and engaged. And we're just calling them to to engage more fully in the larger picture. Um, and, you know, as we as we discussed, hmm. they're good people doing good things. They're loving their families. They're involved in their churches and their businesses and their communities. And so we're not calling them out like you're not doing enough. We're just encouraging them to use that voice and that influence that they have in their communities uh, to speak up on behalf of their employees and behalf of their communities 
um, in ways that will be influential in the broader culture. My impression, I don't obviously don't know all your members. I am a member. We are a member, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't know mm-hmm. all the members. But my impression is that the Christian employers know already. They don't need to be talked. They might be busy. It might be hard for them to find time and margin. But they're awake to the realities in some ways more than uh, the other leaders are, right? Um, So they don't need to be talked into it. They just need to be helped. And that's what you're doing. You're helping them. Equipping. Exactly. No, absolutely. Hmm. So um, I I know you you have a conference coming up, but you also have a lot of resources. Because I know for a lot lot of them, they don't know in many cases what to do. Can I pray? in my company? Uh, do I have to pay for transgender surgery? Do I have to pay for abortion? Exactly. They don't know, continuing with the analogy, they don't know the safe harbors legally. Right, exactly. Right, and so right. I think one of the things you do, Alliance Defending Freedom also does this, and I think you partner on some of these things, right. um, which is to basically say, if you do these things, you are within the law and you don't have right. to worry anymore. Right. And we got your back. If somebody, If some bureaucrat comes after you, we got your back. Yes, you can have a plaque that says this business is dedicated to the glory of God. Sure. Yes, right. you can pray together. No, you can't command somebody to go to the prayer exactly. meeting. Exactly. Giving giving that safe safe um, safe harbor. Uh, Faith in the Workplace is a wonderful document that Alliance Defending Freedom has put out hmm. that helps employers know where are the boundaries? What can I do? What can't I do? It's a resource that we share regularly I've seen that. Uh, with people because it's just such a great resource. Hmm. And I've seen even well-informed people kind of struggle. Can I pray on a, at a exactly. staff meeting? Well, yes, you can. How do I know I can? Well, here's the, here's the legal precedent. Right. Here's what RIFRA says, and they haven't, exactly. they haven't rescinded it yet. By the way, I noticed when I was, when I was looking um, on, your, on your website, we talked about a lot of these things, but there's something I didn't know that you were involved with, which is health insurance. Yes. Yes. So thank this you is for interesting. That. This I've, is huge. Yes. Can you tell us a, about it? So we have um, a healthcare captive called Covenant Choice. And Covenant Choice is a values based healthcare captive. And what that means is uh, we have a plan that protects you from paying for abortion or abortion-inducing drugs, that protects you from paying for transgender and other services that would violate your conscience. Um, It's a full-blown healthcare plan, so you've got the prescription coverage and you have the TPA that serves you and does all the organization and all those kinds of things. It's Mm -hmm. a full plan. Mm -hmm. Um, It currently serves uh, Christian employers with more than 100 employees And in January of 23, so just six months from now, we are launching a new piece of Covenant Choice that will serve the 5,200 employee companies. And God willing, by 24, we will get to those smaller employers. Our goal is to serve all of our members, no matter their size, uh, with a values-based healthcare plan uh, that serves the needs of their employees. I'm excited about that. And not just for the reasons of not violating conscience, but I'm excited Mm -hmm. about the idea of Christians kind of share, you know, sharing each other's risk. It's it's a way insurance was invented on the idea of bearing one another's burden. If insurance was invented by Christian pastors uh, who said we need to share one another's burdens and then the God element got taken out Mm -hmm. and now it's politicized. So getting back to that original core mission, 
Right. Um, that's a very exciting proposition. It is exciting. It's really a neat program, and we're we're excited that it's growing. So is it in all states? Because I know sometimes there's some states. It is. Okay. It's a national plan. Hmm. Um, uh, Berkeley is our stop-loss uh, provider. They have an A-plus rating, our national plan with an A-plus rating. And so we've got really great uh, vendors for the full package if businesses are interested in a full package. So how does that, maybe getting too in the weeds here, but it, but like people are part of networks or they have physicians that they're used to. How does that work if they're in a current system that's sort right. of like in network? Well, I mean, it. we can work with uh, Christian employers who want to go this direction with a piece of our plan or with the full plan. I and see. that's those are just conversations we would have with each individual employer. Interesting. I really think that something's happening in healthcare. This is probably right. a conversation for a different time. The system is breaking down. Yes, it is. And not just it the really insurance is. system, the delivery no. system is breaking down, yeah. right? And there almost needs to be an arc right. out of that flooded system. Right. Topic right. for a different no, conversation. And our, no, our, our goal has been, uh, in recognizing exactly what you're describing, that a breakdown is happening, right. that we need to be prepared for that. And so this was started uh, just two years ago now. So it's a new, newer plan, but it's gone really well. Mm-hmm. So we're excited about it. So you were out ahead of that. And I don't mean broken down just in terms of the moral issues, the basic right. functionality of the Absolutely. system is no, breaking down. No, I completely down. agree. Yeah. Right. No, it, it really is. Now, we, we don't need to get off today before you give me the chance to tell people how they can come and join us. I, you, you, you don't have to tell me. I already did it. But yes, tell everybody else. Absolutely. So yeah. it's really easy. If you're a Christian business owner and you have a Trinitarian um, kind of view, uh, our statement of faith is a Trinitarian, very orthodox statement of faith. And we would welcome you to come and join us. Uh, ChristianEmployersAlliance.org, ChristianEmployersAlliance.org. Um, there's a place for you to to become a member. You just click on that and read through, and pretty straightforward, easy peasy. If you have any trouble, let us know, and we'll help you. I think we got our approval in I don't know a couple of days. It was right. really quick, and it was easy to sign right. up. So it's and we do we do uh, look to screen through. We right. don't want people who are not actually Christian business owners joining CEA. Right. And so we, we do screen and look to confirm that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's a pretty quick process and we would welcome our friends uh, to come and join us. Wonderful. Friends, join us. Join, join the rest of us. Uh, Shannon Royce from Christian Employers Alliance. Thank you so much for being with us on Meeting of Minds. My pleasure. Thank you, Jerry. God bless. 